NRL teams. The Panthers sweat on the fitness of two of their stars. Who will they name for the grand final rematch? Josh Adokar is raring to go, but will the coach give him the green light? We'll bring you the latest from the Bennett and Hasler camps as the two masterminds go head to head. And Michael Maguire's future is decided. We'll head to Tiger Town. Welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Awesome to have your company in the lead-up to preliminary final footy. Four teams remain. Couple more games, and then it is grand final time. Cannot wait, and looking forward to previewing it with both of you who have been there, won preliminary finals, and gone on to win the premierships. Robbie Farah and Brett Kamali. Hello. Afternoon, Eve, Robbie. It's a great time of year, as you said. All exciting, all fun. We moved now the games to Suncorp Stadium, which is where the grand final is going to be played. The top four sides from the first for the regular season are still the top four sides in the competition. So consistency has been um, rewarded, and I think we're going to get some good footy. Is there a greater fear? heading into a preliminary final, more anxiety than a grand final, Robbie, when you've ticked that last box and you've made it to the biggest dance of all? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you want to get to grand final day. Once, you, once you've got a ticket uh, on grand final day, you can always win. So everyone's looking for that ticket this weekend. Um, two great matchups, obviously, like Noddy said, the, the four best teams from uh, the regular season. Um, I think everyone sort of predicted that it'll go this way, um, even though a couple of them got tested last weekend, or Penrith definitely did. Uh, but yeah, so, some great matchups. Everyone thought uh, we'd see Mel uh, Melbourne and Penrith on Grand Final day. It comes one week early, so isn't that going to be a juicy matchup? Cannot wait. We're going to preview that game in just a moment's time when the teams drop. Before we do, two different elements of breaking news out of the NRL today. Let's start in both of your hoods these days. And West Tigers released a statement a little bit earlier today on Michael Maguire's future. And there is news that the annual review has confirmed that Maguire will continue as head coach next season. The club said that Michael has been with the club over arguably its most challenging time with the COVID-19 pandemic. He has overseen significant change both on and off off the field throughout his tenure. They went on to say, we believe that through Michael's vast experience and by continuing to challenge the way we operate, we will continue to drive the high standards and behaviours needed to ensure we achieve our goals as a club. Gents, I know this is a difficult one in some ways for you both to comment on, but is it good to have it resolved so quickly post-season so that, Robbie, the club can unite now and head into the pre-season knowing exactly where they're headed? Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, the last couple of weeks has been quite frustrating, especially for myself, who's obviously involved in the club, fan of the club. So to sit back and see all the, the speculation and criticism in the media is, is never nice, but uh, hopefully now everything's been put to bed. Um, the club's made the right decision, in my opinion, uh, and, and Madge will continue as coach. And, you know, that statement says it all, that you know, there's been a lot of change in the last couple of years under Madge, and uh, change takes time. Uh, you know, and, and that's what Madge is striving for. That's what the club's striving for is, is sustained success and, and to turn things around. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, but I'm very confident in the fact that a lot of the, the things that they're putting in place at the moment under Madge and the administration there are going to result in success in the in the not too distant future, and I think Madge is the right person to take us to those places. Oh, I think it's a good decision. It's a great decision for especially Michael Maguire. Um, so much uncertainty since the competition finished. He gets that knowledge of, of knowing that he's got the job next year. Um, there's you know Tim Sheens comes back to the club, who's been a legend, the club premiership winner, and um, the centre of excellence is due to open. I think February March. So there's a lot of good things that's happened behind the scenes. Everyone just looks at the results and says, okay, we, we finished poor. Um, 
you're not a very good coach. But it's as you, Robbie said, um, a lot of things happening in the background. Uh, I'm a part of the Pathways program, so obviously they're heavily invested in the in their junior area now to make sure that that long term development comes through. Um, he made a couple of players, gave them a few debuts away this year, a couple of good finds, so yeah. So we'll have a couple of good juniors coming through under you, Noddy? Oh, hopefully, Robbie. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> it's about a 15-year yeah. plan, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just get enough time. 15 years, see? Too smart. He's bought himself 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't get results in the next 10... Mate, we might make a head coach out of you. If he doesn't get results in the next 10, he'll say, oh, it was a 15-year 15 15 plan. 15-year plan, yeah. 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 It yeah. is a point yeah. that I have a feeling we are going to be discussing at length in the off-season, yeah. perhaps in the lead-up to season 2022 as well. But it is four o'clock, which means our teams have dropped for the preliminary finals. Let's have a look at our opening game on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. The Rabbitohs up against the Sea Eagles 7.50pm kickoff. Let's have a look at Wayne Bennett's Rabbitohs first and they are 1 through 17. Blake Taff retains the number one jersey after an impressive debut finals performance in week one of the finals. It's been another super impressive season for the game's top finisher Alex Johnson who was announced as the Ken Irvine medal winner at the Dally M's last night for the second season in a row for AJ. Tavita Totola and Mike Nichols have held on to their starting spots after Tom Burgess was immense off the bench last week. That front row battle will be crucial for both sides this Friday night. Manly Warringah now just one change to the 17 for Des Hasler's side and it's in the big boppers. Marty Tapao moves from the bench back into the front row and Sean Kepi, who had a big impact last week, moves back to the woodwork. Tom Trebojevic needs just one try to break the club's try-scoring record that has stood since 1983. He's sitting equal with Phil Blake's record on 27 heading into this game. And coach Des Hasler is shooting for his 250th NRL victory. The Rabbitohs first, gents, they've had a week off after what was a barnstorming start to the final series for the Bunnies. You guys have played in preliminary finals yourselves. Does it become a mental battle for the Rabbitohs this week to take that extra step? Well, they've lost the last three Mm. preliminary finals so there's a little bit of motivation and I think a fair bit of hunger there to actually make it to the grand final and as Robbie said get one of those tickets to the big dance um Adam Reynolds departure Wayne Bennett unsure what his future does we know he's not going to be South Sydney's coach so there's a couple extra motivating factors at some stage they will take that next step I think being fresh this year is going to be a massive advantage for them uh they're in wonderful form everyone forgot about them when uh, Latrell Mitchell got suspended, so they've, they've answered a fair bit of criticism with a massive upset victory in week one of the finals. What about Manly then? Because they were on fire in week two of the finals where they did have to play last weekend. How much of that, Robbie, bleeds into this week? That physicality, that class that we saw last weekend? They were a lot better last week, but I think, again, this is going to be another step up for them. I think uh, they, can't, they can't kid themselves. They were playing a team last week that... Uh, was pretty pretty low on, you know, in terms of the, the fuel tank. Uh, you know, the Roosters limped into this game. Uh, they, they did outstanding to even get to that stage of the season, the Roosters. And uh, you know, it was just a bridge too far for them last week. And, and Manly obviously took advantage of it. But I, th- I think this week against uh, the Rabbitohs, uh, they're going to be facing a team full of confidence um, and full of attack. I, I think last week, especially for Manly, even though they won so convincingly, there were a couple of times there where the Roosters really... Uh, stripped them of numbers on the edges, uh, made them look really shaky there, especially their right edge with Morgan Harper. Uh, so South would have seen that and Cody Walker would have been licking his lips. So uh, they're coming up against a different attacking beast this week uh, in, with, with Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, uh, Blake Taft, then you've got Benji Marshall coming off the bench as well. So 
defensively they're going to have to be on their game. Well, looking at that attack then, let's talk about both of your game breakers yeah. heading into yeah. this one. And Adam Reynolds to begin with, Noddy, when the Rabbitohs go out, whether it is this week yeah. or whether it is in the grand final next weekend, that'll be his last game in Bunny's Colours, a club he is so passionate about and invested in. Yeah, that's right. He's my game breaker. And if you think about the performance in week one, I heard him make some comments after the match about they, they instead of working really hard on defence, they actually put a lot more focus on their attack. And I think on the back of the attack, it builds great defensive effort because you, you make the opposition come out of a lot of yardage sets. So he kicked for 602 metres the first week of the finals. He had 16 runs, and that's that's not a gentleman that normally runs a ball very often, Adam Reynolds. He can sometimes steer the ball, steer and kick, and, and Cody Walker does all the running. So to see him have 16 runs in that first match, he's challenging the line. So now the ball can go to the right, can go to the left. He's got a great long kicking game, but a wonderful short kicking game. So I think on the back of that high completion rate, um, great kicking game, and they defended the house down, they literally suffocated Penrith into a lot of yardage sets. So that's probably the way that they'll approach this. How, how did Melbourne Storm keep Tom quite the first week? High completion rate, kick the ball into the corners, they can do a lot of yardage sets. So it's, it's simple, but pretty simple. <laughs> but is it? But, but, but is yeah. it to execute? Well, yeah, but then, and then, as you said, like Tom Burgess off the bench was unbelievable. So, you know, th- there's that challenge again for the forwards. And what does Dez do? Because Marty Tapao was unbelievable off the bench last week. Because it's, it's now a 17-man team, not a 13 players on the field. Yeah. It's the best 17 players. And how do you make all that work and inter- interlink and intertwine? And when do you, you know, you don't want to go off after 25 minutes and all of a sudden there's a massive lull. Then the opposition bring on... A, New Zealand, uh, a Queensland origin player, a New Zealand origin player, and an English international. Mm. That's what that's what South Sydney got on the bench. And that forward battle is going to be immense this week, Robbie. It's interesting how both coaches have approached it because Thomas Burgess was immense off the bench mm. for the Rabbitohs in week one of the finals. He'll start on the bench again. Marty Tapao, on the other yeah. hand, was incredible as a, a substitute. He'll start this time round. How crucial is that front row battle going to be? Will he start? Will he yeah. start? <laughs> and Sean Kepi was outstanding for them last week he as was. well, Manly. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they've made a habit of starting Marty off the bench and bringing him on and, and taking him out of those opening exchanges of the game. And um, it's been working well for them. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Desi changed it up just before kickoff again this week. I'm sure he wouldn't be playing games, Noddy. It'd be very interesting this week. Out of both these coaches, they'll both praise the opposition. They'll both talk yeah. up how good the opposition was. They'll give us nothing to promote the game from in mm. some regards. So they'll, you know... They're very clever. Like Wayne's, what's he, he had seven premierships. Des Houses won two premierships and coached and a couple of other grand finals. So two very successful coaches, but they don't like making headlines for themselves or, or praising too many others. You know, it's all under the radar and all very quiet. Mm. He loves that, oh, Des. He absolutely <laughs> does. Your game breaker, Robbie, is DCE, another yeah. player with immense experience. And it's interesting that you're both looking at the halves to yeah. really make a statement in this game. Yeah, I think it would have been easy for me to say Tommy Turbo, but I think, uh, like Noddy said, in the importance of Adam Reynolds' kicking game, I think this game is going to be one on kicking game because DCE needs to you know, get his kicking game right so that Manly can get into positions where Tommy can create opportunities. Uh, Melbourne, in that first semi final, uh, again, Noddy alluded to it, where they suffocated Manly. They kicked in the corners. Uh, it's very hard for Tommy Turbo to, to do anything, create anything coming off his own try line. So I think DC needs to really set this game up with his kicking game. Uh, they need to put pressure on, on South Sydney. One, you're taking away their, their attacking ability because then you're nullifying Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds when they're trying to attack out of their own half. You're not giving them opportunities on your line. But then also, you're getting Tommy Turbo 
in the better positions with the ball as well. So I think this game, if Manly are to win, DC has got to be on his game with his kicking. I think it's even really important for him. Against Melbourne, when they got suffocated, he came up with a couple of big errors out of yardage trying to overplay a little bit. And then all of a sudden they had front foot attack last week and he goes down the short side and creates a three on two. So it's the difference is, so the key for Manly, if they can't get momentum through the kicking game and they do a lot of yardage, how do they play football out of yardage? Because they can't just do what happened two weeks ago to them because they'll get beat. That'll be the blueprint for South. But, mm. OK, if South have that blueprint, then what do, what do Manly need to do? And, and it's going to be whatever Daly Chair Evans comes up with out of yardage to get small line break, a 10-metre hit up, six to go to come back in favour when you're under pressure. That's a massive element of the game, isn't it? Because from a Manly perspective, we saw two very different openings in week one and week two of the finals. So if they can't get that early possession, yeah. that early territory against yeah. the Rabbitohs, how do they turn it around? And, and South started really fast in their game against Penrith. So that'll be something. And I, and I heard them last week, Manly, saying that they wanted to start better because the start of the game in that first semi-final against the, uh, against the Storm, sorry, they came up with errors. Melbourne's first try was off the back of a, a Manly error. They shot themselves in the foot, and you just can't do that. South, South will take, the, take advantage of that early. So, uh, you know, they need to start fast, get your completions going. I know it's – but that's, that's what wins the big games. It's the simple things. And you said they're easier to do, but they're the hardest thing to do uh, at times. You know, you've got you to run hard, complete your sets, get your long kicking game going, and then off the back of that, then you can start playing some footy. We've mentioned both coaches a moment ago in Des Hasler and Wayne Bennett. We know that Wayne Bennett won't be coaching the Rabbitohs next year. There are, of course, are plenty of rumours about moving back to mm. Queensland and what he may want to do with a new franchise yeah. in Queensland in the future. But could we actually be seeing the end of a remarkable NRL coaching career? No, I don't think so. I don't think Wayne will disappear altogether. Uh, he mightn't be a head coach anywhere unless you said there's a new Brisbane franchise comes into it. Uh, I believe he'll be some regards part of that you know, Queensland coaching staff or mentoring for, for a couple of legends that they're talking about bringing back in and giving them the role. Uh, I, I think he'll have something to do with South Sydney more in a retention role up there in Queensland, bits and pieces. So as you say, he's what, 800 and something matches, 35 years of football, seven premierships, New, uh, Queensland, Australia, New Zealand, England. Well, he's done everything. Mm. It's been an unbelievable journey and a, and, a, and a great person as well. You know, when you've been coached by him, it's just... It's, no, it's not all about tactics and anything else. It's all about you as the person and caring to the caring influence. It's got him, that's probably what's been his greatest strength throughout his whole career. Will he get the bunnies through to the grand final this time? Yes. Rabbitohs to win this game, Robbie? Yeah. I think Rabbitohs, yeah. The week off. The week off's a big yeah. advantage. I think they'll be fresh. Uh, they'll start fast. They'll win. Our producer, Chad Bennett, will be very happy to hear that. Let's head to Saturday afternoon footy now, 4pm. Kick off this one at Suncorp Stadium as well. And we will see the Storm take on the Panthers. You get to enjoy your grand final rematch a week early for the Melbourne Storm first. As expected, Josh Adokar has been named to return on the wing after missing the last two weeks with a hamstring injury. Isaac Lumilumi drops out of the 17. Brandon Smith was cleared of facial fractures. He will start at hooker, so Harry Grant will come off the bench in Jersey 14. For the Panthers, a couple of injury worries for Ivan Cleary this week. Brian To'o is still battling that ankle injury. He's been named on the extended reserves this week with Brent Naden retaining his spot on the wing. Filiami Kikau has been named to start in the second row with Liam Martin moving to the bench. Mitch Kenny has been ruled out with that ankle injury and Tyrone May is in Jersey 14. 
The Storm first, they are one win away from their fifth grand final in six years. It is a remarkable record. And you mentioned earlier for the Friday night game that importance of a completion rate. Well, the Storm completed at 90% in week one of the finals. Last year in the preliminary final, they completed at 88%. In the final, they completed at 79%. It is very hard to beat a team who are doing all of those little things right. Well, it's very hard to beat a team that doesn't beat themselves. Yeah. And that's what the Melbourne Storm rarely do. Um, they'll have that high completion rate. They'll know their jobs in, in the game of football. They'll know their assignments. They'll know what the opposition's going to do. They'll know how, how, to, how to stop the plays in the opposition. And then it all relies on just effort. And I think Craig Bellamy just expects you to have an, a, a 10 out of 10 in effort every week. You know your job. Go out there and perform as good as you can with energy and, and performance. Not so much the execution and the set pieces. Um, Obviously, they are very, very well drilled. Uh, they chase a player defensively that they think there is their weakness and they stay there for the full 80 minutes. And they rarely do they get any execution wrong in their set plays. It's just everything's to perfection for Craig Bellamy. The Panthers, on the other hand, have been missing a bit of that rhythm in attack, Robbie. But they mm. have been defending so well throughout the season. They have maintained that. Can they beat the Storm in a low-scoring contest through that defence? I think they can. They're obviously not playing their best footy at the moment, but when you're defending well, you always give yourself a chance. Obviously, last week they were, they were quite clunky, clunky in attack. They didn't really look as fluent as they have been throughout the season, but when you concede only one try off a kick, as they did against Parramatta, uh, they obviously got themselves a win, um, and that's all that matters. So, yeah, this week, I think, like like Noddy said, uh, Melbourne aren't going to beat themselves, and Penrith have to do the same. Penrith can't go out there and beat themselves. They need to, they need to be clinical with the ball, uh, you know, hold on to possession, really starve Melbourne of as much opportunities as they can. Um, and defensively, you know, I think they'll, they'll be quite strong. They've been quite strong for a long time now. So uh, if they can, I think the longer they can stay with Melbourne, they'll grow in confidence. I think it's crucial this week that they start well. Uh, Penrith, because yeah. I think Melbourne are such good front runners. If, if Melbourne gets to the front, they can really suffocate you out of a game. But I think if, if Penrith can stay within arm's length of Melbourne heading into the second half, I think they'll start to grow in confidence and believe that they can win. Oh, I was going to ask you that question. Because like, you think about the grand final last year, it was yeah. over at half time. So yeah. if, if Penrith get off to a bad start, do you think yeah. that'll literally just, in their head, they'll go, we've, bom- we've blown it again? Yeah. You can't, coming back, coming from 12 points behind at the best of times yeah. is tough, especially against the Melbourne side. That, As I said, Melbourne rarely get beat when they're leading at halftime. Rarely get beat. They're, they're just such good front runners. They'll wrestle you. They'll suffocate you. They'll kick in the corners. Um, and I, I've got um, Cameron Munster as my game breaker this week because you know, normally in the past it's Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith will, will know when to kick early. Sometimes he'll kick on third or fourth play, kick into a corner, make a team turn around, come out of their own end. That's what wins the big games. And I think that's a big job for Cameron Munster this week is to know when to play football, when to you know, chance his arm, come up with the play that we all know he can, but then also when to come up with the safe play, the play that's going to put the team under pressure and build pressure for his team. And uh, you know, for me, he's my game breaker this week. I think uh, his, his confidence and is, is infectious. I think when he's playing, when he's on his game, when he's leading from, by example, the players around him grow. Uh, so I think that's that's a big big one for Cam Munster this week. And that is the Cameron Smith moment, isn't it? it is. You always trusted a side with Cameron Smith in it that when it came down to it in the big moment, he would make the right decision. Yeah, and it's understanding, as you said, what plays needed at what time of the game, and that's what you know those experienced players like Cam Smith and 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 you know, we speak about Melbourne five grand finals in, in six years, and it's remarkable because when you look at the players they've lost, 
Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, they've, they've all gone and we always, you know, you keep waiting, you think, oh, well, they'll be weaker this year, they'll be weaker this year and then all of a sudden a Brandon Smith steps up, a Jerome Hughes steps up, a Cam Munster and Pappenhausen and Nico Hines and they all just come in and they understand what their role is and they go out there and execute it to the best of their ability. Cameron Munster is the only like, player in key position. There's a couple of forwards that played with Billy Cooper and Cameron their whole careers as well. So they've learnt that subtlety mm. of, as you said, like what time to pull the trigger, what time to kick early. Mm. Okay, we're under pressure now, just absorb this for a little while. So Munster's had that great apprenticeship to be around all three of those guys and now he's uh, the Larrikins turned into the senior player for him. Um, the, the composure, but and obviously, again, the person that comes up with those big plays. So he's in the key position and he's had that great apprenticeship with those three legends of that football club. So looking at the Panthers' side then and who makes those big decisions in those key moments, Nathan Cleary, enormously important, of course. But your game-breaker yeah. you're looking at is Jerome Luai. I'm going for Jerome Luai because I think if you, if you cast your mind back to State of Origin and, and it, sometimes throughout this year, the Penrith side have been called a little bit arrogant, a little bit over the top, post-try celebrations. So I'm going to say Jerome Luai, not for so much his point scoring or his ability to come up with a big play, but because of the energy and, and, and the excitement that he brings to those rest of those teammates. Like I feel like that Penrith, they've scored one try in both the finals this year. They averaged 28 points in the regular season. So you go to Lost and Found at the hotel, find your attack somewhere, because it's gone, but it might be just all that pressure and high energy. They, they went through a form slump. He's, Nathan Cleary wasn't playing. He goes and plays halfback and worries about the team more than worry about himself. So I want Jerome Luai to be that ball of energy, that loud, that exciting, that I'm in front of your face type of guy. And, and that'll then bring his football back. And that'll probably bring the rest of the football back for Penrith because they'll have high energy. Yeah, and I, that vibe is so important, isn't it, yeah. Robbie? And Jerome Luai, but also Brian Toto, you always feel like they bring yeah. that energy to yeah. the Panthers. He's there in Jersey 21 at the moment. Does he play? He didn't look good in the last semi. No. Oh, you know, I watched that game against Souths and he, he looked off. Uh, you know, normally he's so tough to handle. He's breaking tackles. His post-contact metres are incredible. He just didn't look himself in that last game. So, um, yeah, you, you'd want him to be 100% right because you know, not only do you want to win this week, but you've got one eye on next weekend as well. And you don't want to get to a grand final. And, and then if he plays this week, cost himself a grand final appearance next week as well. So... You know, I thought Brenton Aiden did a really good job for them last week. Stephen Crichton uh, on the wing as well, so two big bodies. I wouldn't play him. I, if he's not right, I wouldn't play him. It's too big a game against too good a side. If, if you're yeah. going in against the Melbourne side and they know that you're injured, that you're not at 100%, they'll target you and they'll come up with some opportunities around you. Another guy who's been a little bit off his best of late is Appy Corusau, and we know that that energy, that battle around the ruck is going to be so important. We know how strong the Storm are in that space. How important is that battle going to be this weekend? Huge. I think he's got to run more. Uh, I think Appy's been very quiet lately. Defensively, he's, he's quite you know, been solid, uh, but that running aspect of his game just hasn't been there in the last few weeks. And, and like you said, I think uh, with not like Noddy said that. Penrith have been such a high-energy side. I just think, I don't know whether it's the weight of expectation. They've got to another final series and, you know, maybe uh, in the back of their mind, they're thinking they've been incredible for two seasons and if they lose, they might, there's nothing to show for it. They've, they've come out of two seasons where they were minor premiers last year. They were the best team in the competition for a long time, for, for, for long parts of this season. And then all of a sudden you find yourself with no, no premiership after two seasons. So I want to see them getting back to just, yeah, the shackles off, playing footy, enjoying yourselves, buzzing around the ball. And for me, it's got to start with Appy at nine. You know, he hasn't, he's been a shadow of himself. Um, I think he's got to run and, and be a threat around the ruck to really cause Melbourne some problems there. 
conditions-wise, it's going to be in the high 20s at 4pm when yeah. this one kicks off. How crucial is that week off going to be if indeed it is 29 degrees at kickoff? Well, we spoke about it even being crucial for the last batch and they're going to be still playing at night. Mm. So I think at this time of year, we've played you know, 24 f- matches of football. There's only been one bye this year. They've relocated to Queensland um, and, and Penrith... They've got some injuries, they've got some dramas. Melbourne have had a week off. They've got all the players back on deck now. They're fresh. So, as you said, day, day weather's going to be important. But just the ability to have players go in at 100% at this time of year. They've had a week off. Um, the, the side that's won the Premiership, I think, the last five years has been a side that's had the week off. So it's so hard to get up and get mm. compete. They've had a bit of a lull. They've lost their attacking. They've got all this pressure. They were, they've lost five games, I think, in two years. There's a lot of expectations on them, so that would make you feel drained and heavy, and you know, got that big weight on the back of your shoulders you're carrying around. And then it's going to be hot, and it's going to be fast, and Melbourne are going to complete high, and your backsides will be hanging out. They, they had a few injury concerns last week as well. Penrith, I think, Kickow maybe had a, yeah. an ankle. Um, obviously, Mitch Mitch Kenny's not uh, named this week. Yeah, he's out of the yeah. side as well. Um, and you talk about you know, Nathan Cleary at one point there was was holding his shoulder during the game, so. Is he going to be 100% right? You know, that was a pretty physical game against Parramatta and then Melbourne sat back and watched it on TV with their feet up on the lounge. Massive advantage. I'm sensing that you're both going to tell me the Storm are going to win this one. No, I think the Storm win, yeah. As Robbie said, it's the grand final come a week early, um, but I think whilst Penrith are a bit bruised and battered and out of troops and and struggling for their attacking form, I, I don't think they can beat Melbourne by only scoring one try. Melbourne at least score three or four tries, even though you are the best defensive unit in the competition. You've got to score 20 to beat the Melbourne Storm. I don't see them playing bad. It'll be close. I don't think Melbourne will, will blow them off the park, but I think Melbourne win. Mm. Preliminary final footy from Friday night. Do not miss a moment of the action. It starts with the Rabbitohs up against the Seagulls and then indeed the Storm host the Panthers at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday afternoon. You can see it all on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO, on Sky Sports New Zealand and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. Gents, I want to get predictions for this week, but I did let you off the hook at the start of the show. So first, let's find out what they predicted from the semifinals. Mm. There'll be two halfbacks, I think, to get man of the match in victories this weekend. I don't know who they'll be. Whoever wins the matches, the halfback will be the star and the man of the match in the victories. Can I go a draw in the battle between Tedesco and Turbo? I can't. I can't How are we going We're to go, I'm that? just going to go two tries. Two tries apiece. They're both going to yeah. score a double. Turbo's in again for a second. Oh, gents. Mm. That was close. We got a half for it, right? That, look, that's a oh, step yeah, up. It's yeah, yeah. a real step up. I wish we had a little like emoji or some kind of sound effect for half right. Maybe next year. Maybe next season. Mm. <laughs> what about in the preliminary <laughs> finals? What do you think? What's your prediction? I think the wingers will score all the tries. So I was, I was thinking the number two Ooh. wingers because that's Johnson, mm. um, Crichton. Um, but I also think the Fox, the Fox wears number five, I yeah. believe. So I was like, okay, we'll go to all the wingers scoring the tries. I like that. I love that you never take a safe option as well. I do appreciate that. Robbie. Adam Reynolds' field goal to win the game. Mm. What a way to go through to the grand final for the Rabbitohs. I'm not sure Chad's heart could take it, but 
It's going to be very exciting, that yeah. for yeah. sure. As long as you get there. Yeah. The Dallium medal count was half mm. unveiled last night on Fox Sports. We saw the Dallium count up to round 19. Nathan Cleary is in the lead at this stage with Tommy Turbo absolutely breathing down his neck. Thinking about the last six rounds of the season, is that enough of a lead for Nathan Cleary? No, nah, Tom gets four men of the matches, doesn't he? At least in the last six rounds. Yeah. If Cody Walker, I think, potentially gets four or five men of the matches as well. So, But unfortunately, Tom, Tom, Tom's been unbelievable in the, what, 16 matches he's played this year. And he would have got three points in 15 of those matches. The only, point, the only game he probably hasn't told points in, and you don't get points in the semifinals, would have been against the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Every other game he's played, he gets points. It's been remarkable, hasn't it? The turbo one, Cody Walker two... Clear is three. That's that's more, that another yeah. prediction. Yeah, uh, that's look. If you, I reckon if you get that right, we'll give you that one. All right. Yeah. That's, can, and that's the trifecta yeah. right there. Can I ask you about the coach of the year nominees as well? Because those coaches that finished top five are all remarkable coaches in their own right. Craig Bellamy has equaled a record that has stood for 45 years. Wayne Bennett coached a team into the final four at 71. Could take them all the way to the grand final. Desi lost the first four games of the season and finished in the top four. And of course, Trent Robinson, we know, has had a remarkable season with a battered and bruised team that lost so many stars along the way. Out of that bunch, who would you be giving the coach of the year title to? I think it would go to Robinson or, or Bellamy. Yeah, I'd go Robinson. I think with the challenges they've faced this year and the players that have gone, uh, he's done an absolutely remarkable job. I think, you know, Manly the start, he lost four games without Turbo. Mm. Uh, you know, the Roosters lost seven or eight of their best players. You think Kiri, Corden, a friend, uh, the Mor- like Brett Morris, uh, all the other players around it. So, uh, absolutely incredible job. I think he's a coach of the year. It's for, been remarkable. For them to have got to where they got to last week, on all those disruptions, yeah. all those retirements, all the emotional draining and the culture that he must have been, has created there, because they didn't go away and they just kept unearthing yeah. new players. So, um, and again, you know, Craig Bellamy equaling that record that's been held since what, 1975, I think it was held. So um, that's an amazing journey as well. So I think those two will be uh, one of the winners. For the Roosters, before we move on, does that school of hard knocks experience that they've had this year, losing all of those players, does that hold them in good stead to make it all the way to the grand final in 2022 or does the rebuild take a little bit longer? They won't rebuild. The Roosters don't rebuild. They're like as too successful as a club. They've got, you know, the Butchers and the Bakers that have come through. They'll get Luke Keary back. They'll get Lindsay Collins back. They'll get Manu back. They'll get Joseph Sawali. will play more games next year. Um, Keary, Billy Smith. will be back next Keary year. back. So there's no rebuild. They just get all those players back on board and then all of a sudden they become a premiership contender again. And they've still got Trent Robinson in charge. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Jason Rolls goes to them next year. So they do lose Craig Fitzgibbon as the assistant coach. He's been there for a long while. So he goes off to the Sharks. But Jason Rolls, who has been under the Melbourne Storm system, um, goes in there. So. And that ain't a bad system no. either. <laughs> yeah, that's what, so they don't rebuild. That's what I'm saying. They don't rebuild. They lose one or two players. Uh, rebuild to them is coming fifth. Brett Morley, Robbie Farah, enjoy the preliminary finals this weekend. I reckon we've got a couple of crackers on the way. I'll be good. You too. You enjoy the footy as well. Thank you so much for joining us on NRL Teams. We will see you back here next Tuesday when just the two teams remain. Cannot wait. Enjoy the footy. See you soon.